The Texas Ag Minute, twice a day, 1130 and 130 on the Hill Country Patriot. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to change the station. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will bring it to a whisper. For the next hour, sit quietly and we shall control all that you hear. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. And now, it's time for the radio show that covers just about every topic. Because variety is the spice of life. From the arcane and unusual to current events and practical tips. Because if it's interesting, they'll be talking about it. And now, here's Bill and Allison Mancaro. I'm Allison. And I <laughs> seem to be Bill. Good morning well, at well, 8.09 on a Saturday morning. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Bill. Oh. <laughs> How are you doing this morning? Are you chilly? 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 Actually, it's, yeah, I am a little bit chilly, but it's been wor- warmer than it has been the last few days, and we're seeing That's some, true. We're seeing some sunshine. At least you can see the sun. It's I unbelievable know. the way the weather has been the last couple of days. Uh, we, uh, we went out to... Uh, lunch with some friends from uh, who are visiting from florida and uh it was about two o'clock in the afternoon we were and looked outside of the weather and we could barely see the parking lot <laughs> it was amazing it was amazing well we are bill and allison we have we're for the next two hours we have so much stuff to cover you will not believe it texas has been invaded uh we've got res- uh, but, new results on the election by, by whom um i'll let you know or what i'll let you know or what or what and uh, some things you didn't know about uh, climate czar John Kerry. Well, we've got a lot to cover. Uh, Juanita uh, Broderick will be joining us a bit later in the show. Mm-hmm. And she's got some really interesting things to uh, tell you about. Mm-hmm. But we always like to begin our show with a verse. And this is from the Gospel of John, chapter 11. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he is dead, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die now of course christ didn't think didn't say you wouldn't physically die he said he's referring to what the bible calls the second death which is the death of the soul which is which is uh, going to hell uh and so uh, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die never go to hell uh benjamin warfield said christ himself deliberately staked his whole claim to the credit of men upon his resurrection when asked for a sign he pointed to this sign as his single and sufficient credential. Benjamin Warfield. Okay. Well, what's going on in the grapevine, Allison? <laughs> a little hint, isn't it? <laughs> Allison runs the board, so I sort of hit around a little bit. This is something new. I'm not used to it yet. Ooh, I bet you 
You don't have to wonder how you know. Keep it, keep it running under me. You don't have to wonder how you know because you're with the Bill and Allison Grapevine. And what we're going to be talking about today are things that you've got to be doing over the weekend. What's going on in the Hill Country? Well, there's a little taste of what's going on in the Hill Country. The annual Texas Furniture Makers Show is an annual statewide competition of the finest custom furniture makers in Texas. It's now through December 17th at the Kerr Arts and Cultural Center, which is downtown Kerrville, on the corner of uh, I got it, Earl Garrett and Main Street. And when we moved here, that was the post office. That used to be the post office. That'll be from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. today. It's Family Free Day at the Museum of Western Art today in Kerrville, 10 to 4, for Kerr County residents. The Fredericksburg Art Guild Fall Art Show is today and tomorrow uh, in Fredericksburg from 10 to 4, and that's at 308 East Austin Street. The Deck the Halls event is at the Sour Beckman Living History Farm at the LBJ State Park. That's on 290 uh, outside of Johnson City. Help the Sour Beckman Farm get ready for the holidays by stringing popcorn and decorating cookies. Learn how to make wreaths out of local cedar and dip your own candles so you can get ready for Vinaken. <laughs> Are you ready for Vinaken? No, I'm not. Do you know what that is, Allison? I have no idea. Vin- Vin- it's Vinaken. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not German, so well, I have no it's idea. Vinaken. Vinaken. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, Christmas. Christmas Eve, actually, is what okay. it means. Yeah. Uh, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. today at the Sour Beckman Living History Farm. And that's free, by the way. And today it's Christmas in Comfort. More than 125 arts and crafts vendors and a full day of holiday activities from 10 to 9 p.m. Uh, that'll be uh, Downtown Comfort in the park. The Lighted Night Parade begins at 7 p.m. tonight. The Texas Wine Trail begins Monday, I believe. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. The 28th. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the 28th, and it goes through uh, December 23rd. All right. And that's the famous Texas Wine Trail. Texas is the second most visited wine destination in the United States, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Texas Hill Country is. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got it right here. It's a great thing to have. And it's, um, it's at TexasWineTrail.com. Okay. Check it out. You get a passport. Why don't you explain what that is? Well, I was going to say, you go to the website, TexasWineTrail.com. And click on Passport Tickets, and then under that, click on a Christmas Wine Affair, which, as we just said, is November 28th through December 23rd, and tickets are on sale now. I should call it a Weinachen Wine Affair. <laughs> anyway, that's Texas Wine Trail. You can get a passport and go to all these different wineries, and uh, you don't have to pay a tasting fee, so it pays for itself within a day or two. Uh, Farmer's Market today in Junction. Uh, in the city park, Comfort in the city park, and Kerrville. Uh, it'll be 9 to noon in Junction Comfort, 9 to 1 in Kerrville. And in Kerrville, at least, they're going to go inside. They're going inside the River Hills Mall at the front entrance by the fountain. And that's a nice little farmer's market. You should, uh, you should uh, take advantage of that. Uh, what else we got? Oh, we got the uh, one-mile fun run in Fredericksburg for the Fredericksburg Turkey Trot today. Starts at 9.30 a.m., rain or shine. Uh, and, so, it, and it is shining today. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. So uh, benefiting the Heart of the Hills Mom Center uh, in, in Fredericksburg today. And finally, the Hill Country Memorial Hospital is teaming up with Austin Heart Cardiology to offer heart screenings for all area youth at no charge. The first one is scheduled for this Tuesday, November 29th from 4.30 to 7 p.m., 
Uh, the screening has done in 20 minutes. And uh, th- this is, is rare, but it does happen where uh, kids die of a, of a heart attack and they don't know about it. Uh, nobody knows about it, so they have to be. They should be screened uh, for this. Uh, it's open to all area youth in public, private, or homeschooling in any of the counties served by Hill Country Memorial. Uh, and again, there's no charge, but you have to make reservations. Call 830-990-1886 in advance. A parent or guardian must be present. So that's a wonderful thing that Hill Country Memorial and Austin Heart Cardiology is doing. And that's that's your herded through the grapevine, the Bill and Allison show. We, we got to get used to this. Yeah. You've heard it through the grapevine now. Bill and Allison show. Bill and Allison grapevine is what it is. Is that all of our events going on? Those are, that's well, I'm sure there's others, but those are what we know about. Those are what people have told us about. So if you if if you have an event, a, a particularly a public service event, let us know about it at Ranch Radio Group, and we'll be more than happy to put it on the air. Well, we've been talking about Bill has been talking about Christmas. Um, what we need to talk about is Thanksgiving, which um, we just celebrated a couple days ago. Um, a new study shows that the Thanksgiving holiday is the most dangerous time to drive, especially in Texas. Um, and the study ranks um, the Thanksgiving hol- holiday period, um, which is the uh, Wednesday um, before Thanksgiving through Monday. Uh, it's the deadliest uh, major holiday for drivers with more fatal crashes than Labor Day and Christmas and, and any other holiday. And Texas is the deadliest state. The dead Texas is the deadliest state for auto accidents? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, it's because we have such wide open spaces. Right, right. Know. And among cities in the U.S., um, the rankings, um, you know, like one through 100, whatever, uh, Houston ranked second, Dallas ranked third, San Antonio's fourth, and Fort Worth is seventh. Um, what was first? I think it's L.A. Los Angeles. Okay. The, I mean, this is uh, this is cities. Um, through, oh, in te- oh, nationally, you mean? Yeah, okay. yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but it, but anyway, um. Uh, apparently, the reason one reason is because it's so long. It's it's four days. It's it's when Wednesday through uh, through mm. Sunday. Four days, boy! You can almost get from Corpus to El Paso in four days, almost. <laughs> really, really, really. <laughs> um. Anyway, um. So, but okay. So we're we're talking to you on Saturday, uh, Saturday morning. Uh, the most fatalities are seen on Saturdays with the most dangerous hours in the early evenings. On Saturdays after on s- Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. So, like today. S- today. So, yeah. wow. so, so folks, folks, be careful out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's, uh, it's Talk about how, what a big state, state Texas is. Uh, I was born in Dalhart, Texas, uh, and that's way up in the panhandle. Dalhart is closer to, and I believe the number is, I have to look it up again, but I think it's seven. It's either six or seven, and I believe it's seven, closer to seven other state capitals than it is to Austin. Uh, and that includes Cheyenne, Wyoming. So that gives you an idea of how big how big uh, Texas is. You know, it's closer to drive from El Paso to, I think, it's a, is it Brownsville? Closer to drive from El Paso to Brownsville, closer mileage. It's closer from El Paso to, to Brownsville than El Paso to Los Angeles, California. 
that gives you an idea of how big Texas is. <laughs> what are you laughing at? It's true. It's closer. I'm not exactly it's sure. closer to go from El Paso to the moon than it is to go. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, well, well. Okay. Well. Okay. While we're, while we're talking about Thanksgiving, which was a couple days ago, I have a big shout out to Gibson's, who is a proud sponsor of the Ranch Radio Group. Gibson's saved Thanksgiving for me. <laughs> I was asked to bring pies for Thanksgiving dinner, and I said, "Great! It's been years since I baked pies. I'd love to." So I, I wrote up the list of ingredients that I need. I was going to make pumpkin and pecan pies. And um, Bill is the grocery shopper, so I gave him the list. And uh, he found all the ingredients except for the aluminum pie pans. And he went everywhere. I did. Every, all of our two chain grocery <laughs> stores in town, yes. But all three. All three grocery stores. We, we won't name names. But. Anyway, so, 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 I, so I wrote up this list. Of what I needed to make pies. Ah, they're trying again. They just don't want to hear your okay. story is what it is. There we go. Hello, caller. Good morning. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Great, great. I uh, listened to um, your show this morning and then uh, your interview with Laura Logan and um, about the grooming of our children in schools. Mm-hmm. That wasn't us, but I know what you're talking about. Yes. I'd like to know more about the event coming up. Where could I find more information about it? Uh, tell you what, um, maybe go, go to our website. Yeah, go, go to, uh, hillcountrypatriot.com. And, uh, if it is not there, I, I believe Laura Logan just moved to Fredericksburg. Okay. Yeah. There's going to be an event with her, but I, since we didn't do the interview, I don't have the details in front of me. Uh, I would suggest hillcountrypatriot.com. And if that doesn't work, uh, let me give you a phone number to call and, uh, we can give you some more information on that. You ready? I'm ready to copy. 830-285-5926. You can either text or uh, or call, and we can. Uh, if, if you haven't already found that information, we'll get it to you. I appreciate it. Thank you very you much. Bet. For Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. God bless. Bye now. now. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Bye now. Okay, finish your pie pan story. Oh, anyway, so 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 Bill was out um, getting, he, he got all the pie ingredients, but he couldn't find the uh, aluminum pie pans. And, you know, since we're going to somebody's house, um, you know, I warmed the throwaway type pans and Bill had gone everywhere. And I was finally said, I guess I'm just going to have to get store-bought pies. And Which you didn't want to do. You wanted to make pies. Yeah, I was, I was all prepared and Bill had... All ingredients. I had all the ingredients. And then Bill said, what about Gibson's? <laughs> I said to Allison, you know what they say about Gibson's? If they don't have it, you don't need it. So if they don't have aluminum pipe pans, you don't need aluminum pipe pans. I believe I, I believe that's what Harley says. Okay. If, if Gibson's doesn't have it, you don't need it. That's right. <laughs> Very true. Um, anyway, so, so so Bill went went to Gibson's, and sure enough, Gibson's had uh, the the pie pans that I needed, and and we bought Bill bought. The last two packages. Yeah. So sorry for anybody out there who's <laughs> trying to <laughs> win out. Well, I did, after, I did, after discover, noon on I did discover HEB had them. I just wasn't looking in the right place. Oh, really? Uh, they, had the, well, they, had the, they didn't have the aluminum pie pans, but they had the aluminum pie pans with a pre made crust in them. Oh, I did I did find them yesterday. <laughs> yes, I found them oh, yesterday. Thanks. So 
Thanks. You know, we're, well, you, uh, no, I'm just saying people could, I didn't like take the last in town and <laughs> grandmothers are suffering now. No, I didn't, I didn't do that. 824 well, is our Hill Country well, Patriot well, I time. Was, I was going to say, here's what? a story behind Gibson's. Oh, okay. Which, which people might not know. There, today, only two remain in Texas. No, there's only two remaining in the country. There's only one in Texas. No, uh, there's one in Weatherford. Not that I read. I thought there was only two in the country. Well, I read there's one, one in Weatherford. Well, also. let's have a. You want to put them up? <laughs> let's go outside. <laughs> oh, okay, but at one time, Gibson's had 684 stores in the South Central U.S. and as far away as Hawaii and Guam. Guam? Gibson's and Guam. <laughs> yes, cool. yes, in Hawaii. Um, Gibson's opened Gibson Novelty Company in 1936 in Abilene. And the. the company ran sort of a, 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 an unusual path and in 1960 they moved to discount retail and opened the first discount um gibson's discount center in abilene they were, they were one of the first if not the first chain stores i mean dollar mm-hmm. general mm-hmm. and family dollar and all those came way after gibson's gibson's yeah. was the pioneer in that yeah yeah the, their slogan was where you buy the best for less which is still true I mean, Gibson's is a fantastic. What what a blessing to Kerrville and the Hill Country it is to have Gibson's here. It really is. couldn't mm-hmm. have bought pie pants. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And but but probably what what led to the demise of uh, Gibson's in 1961, Herb Gibson refused to grant my grandfather Sam Walton a franchise. <laughs> Now people think you're yeah. yeah I, now people think I married married up, which I did. But. Anyway, anyway, so in 1961, when Sam Walton was uh, refused a Gibson's franchise, he started his own store. No kidding. Well, <laughs> Walmart. No kidding. Exactly. exactly. Talk about kicking yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Turning down Sam Walton, who and then he goes out and funds Walmart. So, yeah, Mr. Gibson could have been the Sam Walton of his time, mm-hmm. you know, with Sam Walton. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's like a. Uh, my parents told me about a, a friend of theirs, who had. Was approached when he was a young man, and he knew an, an, one of his good friends was a fellow named Walt Disney, <laughs> and Walt Disney approached him about going into business together, uh, to start whatever the first business was, you know, cartoons or something, and he said, Ah, nah, I'm not going to do that. Mr. Gibson as well. 827 is our Hill Country Patriot time. And when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking with Gary Ka. And if you don't know who Gary Ka is, you certainly will after this interview. This is a blockbuster interview. You've got to stay tuned for this. I'm, I'm, I'm not just kidding. This is amazing stuff. So stay tuned. We'll be right after the break. You're wonderful and great. Boldest and grandest. Withstanding every test. Gary Ka is our very special guest today. He is the former Europe and Middle East trade specialist with the Indiana government. Uh, has a long biography. He is the author of numerous books bringing a biblical perspective to world events. Gary, I want to welcome you to the Bill and Allison show today. Yeah, well, welcome, Gary. Hey, it's great to be with both of you. It's been a while, and uh, it's always a joy to be able to share with you. Well, thank you. We've got a lot to cover. I think the first thing that uh, on, on a lot of people's minds is what in the world happened 
uh, <laughs> on election day in the midterms? Well, you know, there there have been at least five or six different reasons given why uh, conservatives didn't fare better, um, and I think most people are familiar with those. But but something that really hasn't been brought up that I've seen that we've been kind of drumming home for the last ten years or so, and in, in some of our publications is is the fact that socialists have been gaining about one percent a year, and so it's getting more and more difficult in most states, not all, but in most states for genuine conservatives to win. Um, And the reason for that shift is young people coming out of our universities are right at 70% ultra-liberal, and coming out of some schools over 80%. So you're looking at 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 least two-thirds, if not three-fourths of them. And they're also voting... Uh, at a higher percent than they were 20 years ago in in a lot of cases. They've been activated, so to speak. They've become activists more than they were in in, in the past. And while this is going on, our elderly population, which has been uh, more conservative, at least 60, 65 percent more conservative, they're dying off. Now, uh, some of the college students, as they age a little bit and have children and grow families and start their own businesses, some of them move back a little bit toward becoming more conservative, but uh, still with more of a liberal bent. So when you, when this all shakes out and, and you, you uh, crunch the numbers, it comes out to about a 1% gain per year for socialists. So I, I was telling people, I remember seven or eight years ago, I said in the next election cycle or the one after that, um, it's just going to be really difficult. Everything has to go just right uh, for conservatives to win. Now, what happened in Florida was, number one, DeSantis is a, he, he's a strong, uh, logical leader. It makes sense. He explains his positions well. And Florida prospered when other states were really hurting through COVID. So that was part of it. But along with that, uh, the results were augmented by the fact that many left New Jersey, uh, New York, Massachusetts, and other liberal states uh, and moved to Florida. Conservatives, they just couldn't take it anymore. Uh, Several of our friends did just that. One of our very good friends moved to the Fort Lauderdale area from New Jersey. They, They just couldn't take it anymore. And so uh, when you have a few hundred thousand people moving down there in the last few years, uh, many of them, most of them conservative, that helped as well. So what you had there was every single county in Florida uh, being carried by DeSantis, which uh, if you would have told me that five years ago, I I would have been hard-pressed to believe that that could happen, but it has. And so, I mean, it it can happen, but, but it takes strong leadership and everything going just right. In, in, a, in a certain environment for conservatives to be able to win in some states. Um, in, in, in places like um, California, New York, Oregon, Washington, uh, you've got conservative counties, but they're mostly the rural counties. So if you look at a map, the U.S. looks pretty red. Um, but the problem is the big cities. There are about 20, 25 big cities in the U.S. that kind of set the tempo for the rest of the country. And whatever way they go, 
and they recognize their power. The mayors of those cities get together on a regular basis and do some planning, and they stick together. So whether it's Chicago or San Francisco or New York, it's pretty much the same in all those big cities, and they're flexing their muscles. And, and that's the problem. So in, a, in some states, people are being held hostage, practically, by the mayors of these big cities. Uh, uh, we have a son who lives in Illinois, well, good luck. You know, Illinois is mostly conservative, the counties, uh, but Chicago, uh, and that area that's got, what, six to eight million people living there, uh, goes heavy Democrat, and so the rest of the state, no matter how, you know, how much of a percent they vote uh, conservative by, it keeps going to the to the liberals. It keeps going further and further to the left. So anyway, th- those are some of my, my thoughts. And, and so unless some of these big cities can be turned around, and I don't see that happening unless people get so fed up with the crime and everything else. But you look at Chicago, you know, and, and it's still liberal and voted liberal despite everything happening there. Uh, so we're in a whole different generation, a whole different mindset of, of, of especially young people um, having really become socialists through their college experience. And, and they're out there now and, and they're uh, pushing that agenda. We were at a luncheon a couple of year, few years ago yeah. and uh, sat with a state senator who had just finished running for governor, a uh, Republican. He carried, I believe it was every county or almost every, every county in Illinois. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was every county. Every county in Illinois except, except for Cook County. Except Cook County and he lost. Chicago. And he lost. And, and he lost. Yeah. 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 So. I know. That, that, that was an eye-opener eye opener for, for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't realize that sort of thing was going on. Yeah, I, I think the big city mayors, in, in some cases, have more power and influence than the governors of the states that they're in, uh, because of the population that lives within their, their limits. Sure. And, and if they vote one way, you know, you can forget it, and, that, and that's a tragedy. But And that's why uh, Oregon, for example, I think something like nine counties in Oregon really want to become part of Idaho and not be part of Oregon anymore. Because, you know, Portland has half, has, I think, over half the population of the whole state and is very liberal. And, and so um, that's the case in other states, too. Having said that, I think the way this is all going to unfold, this trending towards socialism, I think certain of the conservative states like Texas, Florida, Alabama, South Dakota, some other states, I think the point in time is going to come where they're going to draw the line in the sand. It's already beginning to happen. They're, they're saying the federal government is not going to step in and, and do what they're supposed to do for national security by guarding our border and, and you know, uh, coming through in other areas where they haven't been. Then we're going to have to take matters into our own hands. And eventually that's going to cause more and more contention between the federal government and that particular state or states. And so at what point does it get uh, to where those states say, okay, we're done. Uh, we're pulling back. We're not part of this anymore. Um, uh, and, and, and how far would it have to go before the feds come in uh, militarily and try to stop it? Or would they? So those are some of the unanswered questions, but that's the kind of territory we're in now where, where these are legitimate questions to ask, and, and we're heading in that direction. Um, if it came down to an actual fight, I mean, major civil unrest to the point of almost a civil war, which some people now, even in the uh, media, even on, on Fox, it's, it's been brought up a couple of times that things could get to that point. 
uh, if it does, uh, it would be a sad day for America because our foreign enemies, I've always thought they would attack us when we're at our weakest moment, and we probably would be at our weakest moment at that time. So it, it's difficult to see a way out of this that will end well for our country, politically speaking. And that's one reason we've been focusing more and more on uh, on the spiritual side of things and individuals as a whole, because unless individuals change and, and embrace the truth of, of, of Christ and their uh, and the religious foundation uh, and, and go back to our Judeo-Christian roots, uh, we're building on a faulty foundation and things are just going to keep getting worse. I want to go back to for a moment, and you talked a little bit about the younger people, younger generation coming out of school and being uh, so radicalized. That's because of the professors, of course, at, at these colleges universities. How did things change from years ago? Where, why, how did the left take over the, these institutions? Well, you're exactly right. Um, in the last presidential election, as I recall, is either 92 or 93 percent of the college professors that were surveyed uh, voted Democrat. Uh, so there, there's, I mean, a, a marked imbalance. Uh, and, and I can't understand why parents keep sending their kids uh, to these liberal institutions and even paying their way uh, because it's predictable what the results are going to be. But you have to go way back to the early 1900s um, when the General Education Board, which was largely funded by the Rockefeller Foundations, uh, began having some influence in the area of curriculum through the, the teachers' unions and then eventually uh, the NEA uh, with some of the same sources uh, behind them um, so you've had globalist money, one world money, socialist money behind these institutions going way, way back. But it took a while uh, for them to gain the kind of influence and control that they sought. And really, after World War II, it began taking hold in a, in a, in a major way. And by the 60s, uh, we saw the results of it. And um, um, ever since, uh, you've had more and more college professors getting in uh, holding a much more liberal one-world view, and then once they're in and get tenure, it, it's difficult to get rid of them. Uh, but it, just to backtrack a little bit, uh, the first thing they did, the globalists, uh, through the Rockefeller Foundation and, and Ford Foundation and some of these other one-world-leaning uh, foundations, was they gained control of the teachers' colleges, the teacher universities, the, like uh, Columbia, for example, and, and, and some of those uh, big-name uh, Eastern schools, Yale, Harvard, as well as others. And, and if you looked at how many universities today, how many of their presidents came from those institutions, it, it, it would blow your mind. I did the research on this 30 years ago, and it was already a huge percentage, and I'm sure it would be even higher now. And so they, they leveraged their, their power and influence and influence very well. And so once you have presidents of universities all across the country uh, who have bought into the globalist mindset because of the universities that they went to, which at the time mainly on the East Coast, um, then they hire professors that share their worldview. And, and so now I, I think it's irreversible. I, I think the best thing parents can do is just not send their kids to those colleges, but it's even impacting many of the Christian universities now. And so you can't just, as a Christian, 
uh, assume if you send your kid to a certain college that that you know calls themselves uh, Christian, uh, that that they're going to be uh, conservative and, and, and support the values that you've taught your kids at home. You really have to do your homework and research on that. Uh, we went through that uh, with, with four of our kids, and uh, we were surprised by some of the things we learned about some of the so-called Christian institutions. They've been heavily penetrated as well. We've been speaking with Gary Kaw, who's the author of numerous books, Bringing a Biblical Perspective to World Government. World Events. World, world Events. I'm <laughs> and sorry. World Government, too, actually. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, tell us something about your newsletter. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's actually a research news journal. It's about 20 pages. Every four months we put this out. We've got some of the top researchers in the world that write articles for us, and I typically write the, uh, the lead article. And we do this because it's really the only way we can stay in touch with all the people interested in this subject matter. Because if I took the time to write another book by time, it, it, it would be finished, it would be out of date. Things are just moving too quickly now. And uh, so we try to go behind the scenes through the contacts that the Lord has blessed us with around the world that we've gained over the last 30 years of doing this and bring to you uh, news and information that you're, you're just not going to get through the mass media. And, and so we do our best with God's help to stay on top of this and uh, to help Christians to be discerning in these uh, very deceptive times. And how can people find out about your newsletter? Yeah, you, you can go uh, to our website, GaryCod.org. You can subscribe there, and you can also get my two books there, and Roots of Global Occupation and The New World Religion. Both of those books are full of documents that we've reproduced in them to prove that we're telling the truth, that we're not just pulling this information out of thin air. And those books help lay a biblical foundation to understand the current events, the, the major developments going on in our world right now. And then our our quarterly publication, Hope for the World Update, is is what keeps people up to date on this. So we really encourage people to subscribe. In doing so, you, you help us to exist and to continue to do what we do. And we really appreciate your help. And once you have it, make copies, get it out to people. We just want to get this message out as quickly as possible uh, because there's so much at stake. Thank you, Gary. Yeah. And, I, would, and, I would encourage every one of our listeners to go to the website and to subscribe to, to Gary's uh, a journal and also read his books. And his website again is garykah.org and that's G A R Y K A H.org. Well, we will be right back after the break. We're going to have more of Gary Ka next Saturday at 8, 8 a.m. on the Bill and Allison show mm-hmm. as well. And after the break, I have big election news from Hayes County, Texas. Do you really? And I'm going to be talking about the most dangerous sport in the world. Okay. So don't miss that. Stay tuned with Bill and Alice. Well, apparently we're having some technical problems. I appreciate we have listeners. You heard me yelling at Alice. Headed for the coast. some embarrassing uh, so I'm, uh, and I just we don't know what the problem is, uh, so I don't understand why, uh, was I really leaving, or was I searching I, I, for I, I, that peace yeah. of mind, when I found, <laughs> well, it's a day for it, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so, I guess so. <laughs> why are we playing that? 
That was the introduction to, to this segment. Well, get rid of it. <laughs> okay, okay. Wow, 8.53 is our Hill Country Patriot Times. I promised you I would talk about the most dangerous sport. The Incas of ancient Peru played a primitive form of basketball. And I think we have seen this, actually, we've seen this in uh, Mexico. So it, was, it wasn't only the Incas who did this, it was the Mayans as well. They had a, what they, uh, you know, in touring uh, Chichen Itza, uh, we saw these stone, how would I describe them? They're, they're big stones with a hole in the middle of them, and they're mounted high up on the wall of the courtyard. And then there's uh, places for the spectators to sit uh, while the teams played this uh, primitive form of basketball. They had, uh, the object... They were to shoot a solid rubber ball through this stone ring placed on a high on a wall. Uh, <laughs> the winner got the clothing of all spectators present. <laughs> that was the prize who won. The loser was put to death. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. That's the, I don't want to be playing that sport. That's a little bit rough. Yeah, I don't want to be playing that sport. Eight fifty-five is our Hill Country Patriot time. What you got, Allison? Well, okay, okay. I, I told you before the break that we were going to be uh, talking about big election news from Hayes County. Um, Hayes County um, is uh, Dripping Springs, Texas. And for those of you in our listening audience uh, who, who don't live here, Dripping Springs is where Tito's Vodka comes from and also Deep Eddy Vodka. Um, so, so that's... Um, claim to fame for Dripping Springs, but uh, the the newest elected district clerk called his election win on November 8th a little bit shocking. That's because, um, perhaps because he's never held an elected office, or perhaps because he unseated an incumbent with 30 years experience, maybe it's because he spent zero dollars on his campaign but most likely, it's because Avery Anderson is only 19 years old. Wow. He said his family took it as a shock that, that they didn't think I could win. He graduated from Dripping Springs High School last just last year. <laughs> He's now the county clerk of Hayes County? Yes. Uh-huh. Wow. The, the, di, no, d- district clerk. District clerk. Okay. I don't mm-hmm. know what the district clerk is. Okay. He looks forward to a four-year four term. Um, after winning the November 8th election by 1,906 votes, a margin of two percentage points, he ran as a Democrat, and he unseated Republican Beverly Cowan Crumley, who was elected, elected district clerk in 2011, and she was deputy clerk from 1992 to 2001. The, the, the winner, Avery Anderson, was born in 2003, so you better do that. And he's well, there. You go. He said she has not called him to concede. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's, not, that's not nice, he, he, Beverly. He he owns a small landscaping company, and he decided to run for office so he could be a public servant for the community, and he opted to run for district clerk. And the district clerk's office is the um, recorder of history for the county. Said the uh, incoming DA, uh, whose office works closely with the district clerk's office as the clerk's office does things like keeping um, 
criminal docket files on hand, and they staff the courtroom, and they handle civil case files. The uh, district clerk's office is essentially the engine of the courthouse. He did not campaign. Uh, Aside from having friendly conversations (laughs) with people and announce his candidacy on his private Instagram account. (laughs) No kidding. And he still won. Yeah, exactly. By, By two points. What's his name? Avery Anderson. Maybe he should run for president. <laughs> well, he's a Democrat, though. So we're uh, that's there. true. That's true. 8.58, Hill Country Patriot time. We're coming up the top of the hour, and we'll have news. And after the uh, after our news break, uh, we've got so much more stuff to talk to you about. Plus oh, we have, oh, oh we, we have a special guest. I was about who, to say who's, that. Yeah, okay. Well, go ahead. Okay, uh, d- just after after the, our news break, um, Juanita Broderick is going to be on the phone with us. Yeah, she's got some uh, exciting news, uh, really very cool news uh, to tell us about. And I, I suspect most most everybody in the audience knows Juanita Broderick. You've seen her on uh, interviewed on Fox News, Newsmax, uh, pretty much uh, almost everywhere except the uh, drive-by media, the liberal <laughs> media. They, they don't they don't want to have anything to do with her because uh, she she uh, she she can eat them for lunch. Uh, if they had any problems with her. Uh, but, uh, so that's what's coming up after the news break. And then uh, I've got a story about Texas has been invaded that we will get to, Lord willing, and uh, all sorts of other stuff, including events in Texas Hill Country uh, that uh, you need to know about this weekend. Uh, so we'll, we'll be doing those uh, in the next uh, segment as well. You're listening to Bill and Allison, and we are at hillcountrypatriot.com. Uh, you can download the hillcountrypatriot.com app, and uh, we're also at firstcoupleoftexasradio.com, where you can listen to our shows. 24-7. 24-7. We'll be back after the news break. It'll be gusty. Clear tonight, down to about 40, sunny, warmer on Sunday. We're back in the upper 60s, looks sunny on Monday, and mild. The Hill Country Patriot. Now, the first couple of Texas radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. We are back. We are Bill and Allison at 9.05 on a Saturday morning. Well, welcome back. Yes. Well, thank you. And and, be back. and we have a uh, very special guest on, on the phone. On the phone. We sure do. Right now. We sure do. Juanita, are you there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> oh, good. Hi, okay. Juanita. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Juanita Broderick on the line. It's so good to talk to you, too, my dear friend. Oh, you're a sweet <laughs> well, well, we, we, we really appreciate you you uh, calling in. And, uh, and one reason Juanita is in the news right now is because thanks to Elon Musk... And to Cat Turd, Juanita has been released from Twitter jail. And Juanita, yeah. <laughs> Juanita is trending on Twitter. At, as of as of just a few days ago, Juanita had over 14,000 tweets following her. 14,000 yeah, tweets? It, it's abso- yeah, it's tweets. absolutely amazing. Almost. You know, when I first started back, I, I didn't even realize that Cat Turd had... <laughs> tweeted, you know, to Elon, you know, please bring back Juanita Broderick. And uh, somebody had texted me and said, did you see this? 
and I went to it, and I was I was overwhelmed. You know, I would never ask any. I wouldn't ask anybody to do that, and for him to do it on his own, I thought was was just so kind. And so uh, then he texted me, and he said, uh, "You're going to get back on," and I I didn't really believe it. You know, I just thought no. And then all of a sudden, voila! It just it happened, and I went from about 10 followers, and then in an hour later, it was 200,000, and then it was back to the original 530,000, and now it's up to almost 600,000. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. The response has just been, well, it's just, it's just really humbled me. Well, wh- wh- why were you kicked off Twitter? It was a vaccine tweet. Yeah. I said the vaccines don't work. And it's a shame because it's just, it's made enough money for Big Pharma for the next hundred years. I said, uh, it's harmful, uh, something to that effect. And we know it. They're still trying to hide it, but we know it is. And and what our listeners might not know is that uh, Juanita is a nurse. So she, yes. she, she knows what she's, <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, I you know I got, oh yeah, Monita. I you, you probably I probably told you this, but I got kicked off of LinkedIn uh, for that same reason. I posted a, a a video, a link to a video of fifty medical professionals, physicians, nurses, uh, PAs, etc., uh, questioning the uh, the the vaccine very early on when it first came out, and LinkedIn didn't didn't even give me a warning. It was like I, I was gone. You know, my account was gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I I know. You told me that. I LinkedIn. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. Well, I had gotten several twelve-hour timeouts, you know, in jail, uh, and then all of a sudden on April the ninth or tenth, uh, I I go to go on Twitter in the morning and it's gone. It's completely gone. And Bill, that was over half of my income. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, is this going to come back? What just happened? And then I went and saw where they had uh, uh, removed my tweet. And listen, we all know that that this is an experimental vaccine. And for them, this is going to come around the bottom in the butt. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Did you see the uh, news story that uh, one of the people who in in charge of kicking people off of Twitter uh, is a uh, transgender person, extremely left-wing? Oh, here. Oh, yeah. 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 Fired Twitter content moderator is a super woke trans woman activist. The guy, you know, thinks he's a woman. I know that. Yeah. I tweeted, I said, is this a man or a woman? You you really couldn't tell. You know, I think he is really cleaning house, and I think it's absolutely awesome. And he has told people time and time again, he is not pro-Republican, pro-Democrat, pro-anything. He's for an even playing Mm -hmm. field. You're talking about Elon Musk. Yeah, we just, yeah, we just. I mean, we need this bad. Well, I I know that um, Elon has announced that he's going to release all internal communications at Twitter regarding the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop uh, information just just before the election. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that. I tweeted about that and and said he's going to do it. He's going to release all of this uh, information, internal communications about what they did, when they did it, how they decided to suppress that bombshell laptop. I mean, it's it, well, you could see. You know, when he went to, did you see the tweet where he went to a closet there in the main <laughs> office building yes. and found all of those woke T-shirts? Yes. My, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's amazing what he finds and reports every day. Yeah. You know, but the big thing right now, did you see the tweet from Proud Elephant? No. Uh, no. I think it was last night. He said, would you support uh, Ron DeSantis? in a presidential 2024 and elon replied yes <laughs> no kidding Excellent. and so yeah Excellent. and that just that's got the that's got the internet uh really humming oh <laughs> good excellent yeah well well he he yeah there was a, a um was it a, a special election a few a few months ago well i forget when it was and um elon voted for a conservative woman here in Texas, and he said it was the first time he'd voted for a Republican, and she was a conservative Republican. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Myra Flores. Uh huh. And and he yeah. He, he said it was the first time he'd voted for a Republican. So, so. Guess it won't be the last. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, right. I, I well, uh, go ahead. Yeah, along along in these tweets, he also said that he voted very disappointingly for Biden. And you oh. could tell that he wishes he could take that back. Yeah, yeah. Because but didn't Biden say that uh, he 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 wanted to investigate uh, Musk and you know start looking? Yeah, at yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's all it's all so screwy. They're all afraid of free speech, huh? because uh, that's the only way the oh, left. Exactly. That's the only way the the left. The only way the left can can succeed is through propaganda and by suppressing uh, any dissent. That's the only way they can they can succeed. And uh, if they can't, exactly. yeah, if they can't suppress dissent, they're they're going to lose. They don't want. They don't. If you noticed, when you try to yeah. reason with a leftist, quite often, not every person, of course, but quite often, they'll just call you a bunch of names. That's that's how they argue. Yeah, yeah. I know. They they have no argument, Bill, at all. Exactly. I have to share this one thing with you real quick sure. about uh, uh, when I I said I'm back. And I said, thank goodness to Elon Musk and Cat Turd, you know, just something like that. <laughs> and one of the re first responses was, Bill Clinton has left the chat room. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I, I absolutely laughed out loud on that one. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's fun to, uh, you know, read, the, 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 read a news story. And then, quite often, whatever website you're on, they will print uh, the the people's comments afterwards. It's much like Twitter, and uh, but the yeah. the people's comments on the news stories are sometimes <laughs> brilliant or hysterical, hysterically funny, and that's that's a good example. Yeah, yeah, example. yeah it, it it yeah it really was. I really thought that was funny. And then last night, Monica Lewinsky did a survey. Uh, and she, I think she's probably regretting it right now. <laughs> she did a survey and said, 
you know, pick between these two. Should Twitter employees rule Twitter, or should it come from a populist poll, you know, from the people, from Twitter users? And it's like 90% says, uh, a poll, and, and but that's not all. That's not just all of it. The responses to her was just absolutely unreal. I'm sure she will probably delete that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? What uh, Elon said uh, just last week: uh, the people have spoken. Vox Populi, yes. Vox Day. I'm not sure how to pronounce that because I don't know how to speak Latin. But but it means yeah. the voice of the people is the voice of God. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, I had to look it up <laughs> well, I, <laughs> when I, he tweeted I, that. I, I did too. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> had to look that up. I couldn't believe it. And shortly after I came back on, I tweeted, you know, in the trendings, I was number two or number three. Mm-hmm. And then there was a big story out about Tampax, which was down number five. And I tweeted, well, thank heavens I'm above the Tampax. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, I was glad to see that. Well, and, and, and congratulations. That's quite an accomplishment. <laughs> and and e- e- Elon also said, comedy is now legal on Twitter. Yes. Yeah, you know, he brought back the Babylon Bee. This next exactly. week is exactly. going to be, uh, this next week, he's bringing everybody back. You know, and I think it starts on Monday. Mm. And there's so many of my friends on Twitter that I've met on Twitter, I don't know them personally, although I feel like I, I do, uh, that will be brought back. And I, I'm very excited for that to happen. Absolutely. Well, well and actually, <laughs> the reason we, we met Juanita and I, I know I've told her this story, but we met Juanita because of Twitter. That's true. But through through our friend that, Mary King, and yes. <laughs> Ma- yeah. Mary invited us to a book signing at her home in Rio Dosa, New Mexico. And I said, "How on earth do you know Juanita Broderick?" And she said, "Because of Twitter." <laughs> So so, yes, so, so, yes. so so it's because of Twitter that we That's became true. friends with Juanita. That's true. <laughs> and, oh, I feel so fortunate. There you go. And and as Cat Turt said, you can't you won't meet a more wonderful person than Juanita Broderick. Hundred percent true. Hundred percent. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. That was so much fun. <laughs> Well, Juanita, it's been a delight to, to hear your voice again. It's been far too long since we've seen you. Uh, we hope to. Yes. Uh, we, uh, there's an event coming up. I don't know. If, have you talked to her about this yet? No, I haven't. you want to tell her? No. No? Okay. <laughs> it's secret. It's a secret? Seriously? Okay. <laughs> it, 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 it is secret. Oh. Right, it's secret. It's secret. But I'll let Allison, uh, I'll let Allison uh, divulge it to you later, I guess. But, uh, okay, then, cool. Uh, all right, good, good. Well, again, congratulations being back on Twitter. And uh, what's your Twitter Twitter handle, by the way? It's at a tennis nut, and it's spelled A T E N S N U T. I'm a huge fan of tennis, so I took that handle up long ago, and and have stayed with it. Okay, so at tennis nut. Is uh, is one uh-huh. and we're pushing for a million uh, uh, people to uh, be be connected, be following uh, <laughs> following uh, Juanita. So get on Twitter and uh, 
and become a follower of hers, and we'll hit that million mark in the next few days, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thank you, Bill. That, thank you, Allison. Thank you, Juanita. We, we will talk to you soon. Some have said, okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. History, if you last, it's a mystery, but I guess they don't know what they're talking about. From the mountains down to the sea, you become such a habit with me, America, America. Well, I come from down round Tennessee, but the people in California are nice to me, America. And we'll, we'll be back after the break with uh, Texas Has Been Invaded. Stay tuned. And my brothers are all black and white, yellow too. And the red man is right to expect a little from you. Promise and then follow through. All the men who build the planes and who live through hardship and pain, America, America. And the men who could not fight in a war that didn't seem right, you let them come home, America. Bill and Allison, and we are back. If you haven't visited our website, hillcountrypatriot.com, you can also go on your favorite app store and download the Ranch Radio Hill Country Patriot app, uh, where you can uh, see all sorts of stuff going on there. And also, firstcoupleoftexasradio.com, which is where we post our shows, our recorded shows. You can download them, put on your favorite device, you know, Listen to them while you're uh, walking or running or bicycling or whatever you're doing. Sleeping. Uh, sleeping, yeah, <laughs> driving. Uh, I'm a, I promised a story about Texas being invaded. And this has to do with the uh, most recent election. By the way, before I get to that, I, I got a statistic here uh, the other day. There were seven and a half, approximately seven and a half million votes cast in the state of Florida for all the parties. It took them five hours to count seven and a half million votes. What's the problem with Arizona and Nevada and some of these other states? Yeah, and they probably don't have as many people. Probably I not. I would imagine probably they're, they're I, I haven't less, looked up the comparison. I doubt Nevada doesn't have as many people voting as, as Florida does. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So what... How convenient is it to say, oh, you know, oh, my gosh, it's taken us three weeks, four weeks to, to yeah. count all these votes. And, oh, some votes just came in, and now the Democrats leading. I, the Democrat won. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I mean, I, I remember back in the olden days, elections, okay, sometimes you'd stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning, but the elections were always determined by at least noon the next day. Yeah. 
Not anymore. You, you, Not anymore. You, usually in the early morning hours. No. And have you noticed that... It, when it never took days and weeks. When it's really close, really close, nine times out of ten, which candidate wins by mm-hmm. just a, a few votes? The mm-hmm. Democrat. Right. What right. a coincidence. Yeah, how about that? Not that I'm questioning the election, of course. <laughs> uh, Texas has been invaded. George Soros has managed to do it again. It's hard to compete again. with a multi-billionaire. Yeah. Uh, well, I know he, he, he got the uh, DA in uh, San Antonio got a couple, San couple Antonio. years ago. Uh, he got at least four ultra-liberal, ultra-left-wing district attorneys elected in the country, two of them in Texas, uh, major places in Texas, uh, Dallas and Bear County, San Antonio. Joe Gonzalez there and uh, in Dallas, John, I don't know how to pronounce it, Cruzat. Uh, but we've seen what damage that Soros DAs can do in big cities. Now, uh, San Antonio had a Soros DA uh, most recently, and uh, now we've got another one. I mean, look at look what's happened to Philadelphia, to St. Louis, Los Angeles. They all have Soros DAs. Um, you know, how, how are they going to react? When no cash bail policies are put in place, as well as major crimes that are not even prosecuted, people aren't even arrested. Uh, in San Francisco, I'm going from memory here, I think you can shoplift up to $500 or something and not even be arrested. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a crime anymore. Um, so, you know, Dallas, Dallas County covers a lot of the DFW Metroplex, some very conservative suburbs. And now they have a Soros DA. I don't think there's any way suburban Dallas is going to tolerate their streets being taken over by thugs. So this is going to blow up on them. Unfortunately, it might be in a bad way. But what we have to understand, why would George Soros, why, why no bail? Why defund the police? Uh, you know, why, why, why uh, not prosecute crimes? Because the left wing wants violence. I mean, it's not a secret. How much more evidence do you want? They do nothing as Democrat-run cities are burned to the ground. They open the prisons. They open the border, drug and sex traffickers. Uh, they, they praise the terrorists and Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Uh, you know, the, uh, there was a bill in Congress recently in the House to fund uh, putting at least one law enforcement officer in every government school, every public school in the country, Every Democrat voted against it. They give $40 billion to protect the borders of Ukraine, but they wouldn't give $5 billion to build a wall on our southern border, Democrats. Mm-hmm. So, and when they're doing all of this, they lobby to disarm us. You know? I mean, when the government wants to take your guns away, that means they're planning on doing something you would shoot them for. Exactly. So exactly. they want violence. They want, uh, look at the Kavanaugh. Uh, you know, we've got, I don't have it in front of me, Allison. See if you can find that uh, uh, cut of, um, yeah, yeah, Senator Schumer. Uh, I think it's way up there somewhere. Maybe you can, can't find it now, but uh, I think it says Schumer SC or something like that, uh, where he is openly calling for violence against conservative Supreme Court justices. If you can't find it, it's okay. But he, he said publicly 
in a I'm calling you out, Kavanaugh. I'm calling you out, oh, right. uh, um, Alito. Uh, you've unleashed a whirlwind, and it's come back to kind of come back to get you. Uh, so, the left wants violence. Now, why would the left want violence? Well, think about it. They're socialists, you know, which is communism light. They're communists. Okay, let's call a spade a spade. They're communists. They want a socialist United States, a communist United States. But we have a very strong capitalist economy. So they have to destroy it first to put in their socialism. So they want to destroy this country's economy. And by, have, by having violence in, uh, in the cities or anywhere else they want, people will finally come along, they believe, they hope, oh, government, oh, national government, federal government, please come and help us. Please, please keep us safe. And they'll say, sure. You know, with safety, you lose all your liberties. Uh, you know, you're, you will neither be safe nor secure. You know, th- those who are willing to give up their freedom for security... Will have neither. Will have neither. Will have neither. You didn't find that? Oh, well. That's okay. That's okay. I don't think it's here anymore. All right. I'm not well, finding whatever. it. Whatever. 9.31 is our Hill Country Patriot time. You're with Bill and Allison, and we are on... Every Saturday morning from 8 to 10. And plus we're at uh, firstcoupleoftexasradio.com and hillcountrypatriot.com and all sorts of places. Uh, what are you giving me the look there for? <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, she thinks I'm doing something illegal. Allison, <laughs> 90% of the time, 90% of the time, everything I do is 100% legal. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. We're going to have more of Gary Kaa, uh interview uh, next week. That's our plan mm-hmm. uh, to do that. And what do we got here? Arizona voters in the last election, the most recent one, have approved a Republican-led law, get this, that will give in-state tuition to illegal aliens. That was banned in 2006 in Arizona, but this last election they approved it's a Republican-led law to give in-state tuition to illegal aliens. Uh, I say the Republicans, a group of Arizona Republicans, urged Republican voters to approve it, and they did. Uh, and the major donor networks were behind, uh, behind this, including uh, Bill Gates, the Ford Foundation, Michael Bloomberg, the billionaire, New York billionaire, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, the Koch brothers organizations, George Soros-linked activists, all got behind this push to give illegal aliens in-state tuition at state colleges and universities. And when, doing a little research on this, I was shocked. 22 states in Washington, D.C. now offer in-state tuition to illegal aliens, wow. including Texas. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. So in other words, illegal aliens have the same benefits that I do. They have a lot more benefits than you do. Oh, well, that's true too. Yeah, they have a lot more benefits. I don't get free health health care. No, no. There, there you go. Uh, we're talking with uh, Juanita Broderick a few minutes ago about Twitter, and uh, I picked up a funny little thing. Uh, we we picked up a funny little thing about uh, Twitter. Uh, here's a a little uh, 
Well, this is an interview with a, a, a Twitter employee who's been fired because they're so left-wing, and now they're, they're trying to get a new job. Dr. Pollen, I'm your two o'clock. Oh, hey, Mandy. Uh, have a seat. What can I do for you? It's terrible. I can't even. I have literally lost my ability to even. Well, let's calm down. What was it? Some sort of tragic loss? Death in the family? No, no one misgendered you, did they? No, it's even worse. Elon Musk wants to buy our company. <sighs> All right, not another one. <clears throat> All right, just tell me, what is it about Elon buying Twitter that actually bothers you? And remember, this is a safe space. There's no judgment here. If he buys our free speech platform, people will be able to have free speech on our platform. Well, that's just stupid. Uh, all right, let's get to the bottom of this. Let's go a little bit deeper. What exactly bothers you about somebody having free speech on our free speech platform? If we don't have the unilateral power to ban ideas we don't like, we'd actually have to discuss and defend our ideas based on their own merit. And what's the problem with that? It's just everyone who disagrees with me is a Nazi. So it's imperative that I change their mind with force and violence. Very interesting. Let's, let's try something else. I'm gonna hold up some shapes and I want you to tell me exactly what you see. Nazis, 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 Adolf Hitler, Nazis, 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 Donald Trump. No, wait, it's still Nazis. <laughs> Okay, we're going to take a little break, and coming up, I'm going to have something exciting for all you Scrabble players out there. Make me happy all the while In this world where we live, there should be more happiness So much joy we can give to each brand new bright tomorrow Make me happy Through the years Never bring me Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison, Hill Country Patriot, 104.3, 102.1, hillcountrypatriot.com, and first couple of texasradio.com anytime. Okay, I promised good news for uh, Scrabble players out there. And um, probably a, a lot of a lot of our listeners are Scrabble players, and this is big news. Um, new words have been added to the Scrabble dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know where you're going with this story. I really didn't. And, and, and as anybody who plays Scrabble knows, there are you know you get stuck with certain letters, and you just you know don't know what to do with them. So I'm going to give you some words that you can that you can play. Okay, this I have no idea how to pronounce. B a e b 
I have no idea. Is that a word? I, I don't know. I, but, well, it's, it's, it's now in the Scrabble Dictionary. B-A-E? It's a person who one loves. <laughs> and, and and you can add an S to it to make it plural. <laughs> yeah, my, my Scrabble words are words like so and the. That's about as good as I get. Exactly. Okay, Vax. I think I think we can all figure out that. Yeah. Vax. Yeah. Uh, it's, it can be conjugated. Va- okay, that's V-A-X. Mm-hmm. And it can be conjugated vaxed, V-A-X-E-D. Vaxing, vaxes, vaxed, vaxing, or vaxes are all playable. Wow. <laughs> okay. And, and also, uh, okay, uh, another word. A similar new pair is uh, dox and dox. Right. And and x is always a it, it's a high number of points, but it's also difficult to use. Um, but dox, dox, and doxx. Doxing, I assume too. I mean, doxing is really the word. Mm-hmm. It means it means. Do you know what that means? Yeah, it means like. Trolling somebody and giving out their home. Well, exactly. Publishing like private information yeah. about a person. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And here's here's one. <laughs> Bariqua. And then spelled. What language is that? <laughs> it's a native of Puerto Rico. Huh. <laughs> and it's, it's spelled B-O-R-I-Q-U-A. I don't know why it wasn't, wasn't in the dictionary before, but now it is. Well, it's uh, a Spanish word. Yeah. Well. Well. I, oh. I suppose. Well. Except. Except Puerto Rico is is part of the United States. Oh. That's States. okay. All right, okay. True. Okay. Another one is verbing. <laughs> Never heard of that one. <laughs> and the definition to use as a verb. You're using something oh, as a verb. That's a weird word. Okay. It, it it's also can be verbed, and verbing are now um, playable. Verbose. Verbenia. Well, well, no, no. The, the, this, this is this is new. The, these oh, are okay. these are new, new right. words that right. have that have been added to the dictionary. Okay, here's one: zonkey. <laughs> zonkey. Zonkey. Oh, is that a donkey and a zebra combination? Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. Wow, exactly. I knew that. It's now it's now that? in the uh, in the Scrabble um, cool. um, dictionary. Okay. Uh, also, z donk, and which is z e. D O N K and Z E E D O N K. Okay. So. Uh, okay. Okay. Dumpster. Now. Now. Why this was never in the dumpster dic- was never in the scrabble. No. Dictionary? I don't know why. I don't oh. know why. Oh. I mean, we, we all know what a dumpster is. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. Um. But uh, but uh, apparently, if you if you have used it in the past, you could have been challenged, and. Uh, mm. um, but apparently, because it was. Uh, a trademark, capital D, uh, it was unavailable oh, to play. Oh, I didn't know it was a trademark. Yeah, I know, I know. Because well, um, there are other things that people use in everyday conversation that like you don't realize they're trained. Kleenex? Escal- Can I have a Kleenex? But that's Escalator, Xerox, Google. Escalator is a trademark? It used to be. Oh, okay. It used to be in Xerox. Xerox, yeah. Um, but but they're, they're now playable. Yeah, as I said, Kleenex, uh, I don't know, some other, some other words that people think are just, but they're trademark words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, another new word is ambigram. <laughs> the definition is a word that forms another word when viewed another way. 
Okay, what's the <laughs> definition of that definition? That's words, words about words. Oh, it's a bro. word about a word, <laughs> and and it refers to words that have visual visual symmetry. Okay, fine. Okay. Well, can you want me to keep going, or are you giving me a sign? No, I'm not giving that you're you anything. Bored. I'm just my eyes are glazing over. But go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, Scrabble players. Scrabble out there players would like that. I'm are, are, yeah. Okay, in begin, it means to enlarge, and it's spelled E M B I G G E N, and uh, and it can also use in begin or in beginning. <laughs> And, and and these can could you you can play on as stra- scrabble players know you can build on other words so if if big is in there you can add em and then um if okay if big is already there you can add em and then gen and and you have a real word okay another one is vaquita <laughs> what vaquita v a q u i t a which is a small porpoise. And <laughs> as as every Scrabble player knows, cues are are, are difficult <laughs> difficult to play. <laughs> and another new word it which I did not know hadn't been in there before is queso. Hmm. I mean we I mean we in South Texas of course know what queso is, but it's now in the Scrabble dictionary. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, and this is okay, this is the last one, but okay. Bill will be glad to hear that this is this is the the, the last one, deep fake. Hmm. An image or audio that has been altered to rep- misrepresent someone's words or actions. Deep fake. So we needed a word, new word to describe deep? that. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, it's, for, it's for, for, being done so much for, for the Scrabble dictionary. Well, yeah, it was done so much. <sighs> that was good, Allison. Thank you. Nine forty-seven Hill Country Patriot time. You're with. The Allison Show, occasional <laughs> commentary by Bill. Well, I have something a little more serious. What can be more serious than Scrabble? <laughs> okay. Really? Uh, I didn't see much coverage of this. I didn't mention, I think I saw one mention of it, but um, November 22nd, which was uh, Tuesday this year, was the 59th year since John F. Kennedy was assassinated. So next year it'll be 60. I'm sure there'll be a big deal about that. Um, the thing is, as it, as it recedes in the past, what what was the number? Because we mentioned this last year that something like seventy percent of people don't remember when John they were too young when John F. Kennedy was killed, something like that. Oh, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, some, I'd some very high I'd percentage. I've that. And uh, Alice and I were in a restaurant uh, <laughs> a number of years ago. It was when the Oliver Stone movie JFK first came out. And this uh, young couple, I think they had been dating, and they were on a date, and we, uh, ha- they were fitting, sitting pretty close to the next table, and we could hear their conversation, and, and he was talking about having seen the movie JFK, and she asked him what it was about. <laughs> and he said, well, it's about uh, John F. Kennedy's assassination, uh, and, uh, um, and of course, uh, then it, it talked about uh, Jack Ruby uh, killing... Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald killing uh, Jack Kennedy and then about uh, uh, Jack Ruby killing Lee Harvey Oswald. And she said, who, well, she said, who's Jack Ruby? And he said, well, that's the, the man who killed Lee Harvey Oswald. And then she says, 
Who's Lee Harvey Oswald? Who's Lee Harvey Oswald? <laughs> wow. Surprised you didn't say who's John F. Kennedy. I, I am too. Yeah. I am too. Uh, there's a book called Blood, Money, and Power uh, by an attorney named Barr McClellan. And if you remember Scott McClellan, who was George W. Bush's press secretary, as I recall, uh, well, that's his son or stepson. Um, he's, uh, Barr McClellan wrote a book called Blood, Money, and Power, and it, he was an attorney for Lyndon Johnson in Austin. Uh, he worked at, under Ed Clark, who was LBJ's super attorney lobbyist, the only, pretty much the only man he trusted. Uh, was uh, was Ed Clark and uh, Bar McClellan was his Ed Clark's protege basically, and he wrote a book about what Ed Clark had told him about LBJ uh, orchestrating the assassination of John F. Kennedy, and uh, he published a fingerprint match to Mac Wallace, who was uh, LBJ's bagman, and uh, um, he did LBJ's dirty work according to Barr McClellan. Uh, Mac Wallace uh, was a convicted killer. Uh, on October 22, 1951, Wallace uh, went into the clubhouse of an Austin golf course and fatally shot John Douglas Kinzer uh, because he thought he was having an affair with his wife. Uh, and he was tried and prosecuted for that. Um, there's also evidence that Mac Wallace murdered uh, Henry Marshall who was a Texas USDA official who was blowing the whistle on uh, Billy Saul Estes. And uh, Billy Saul Estes was very tight with Lyndon Johnson. They had a thing going to defraud the government. And uh, I won't go into all the details of it, but it was a, 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 on a massive scale, millions of dollars, to defraud the uh, uh, Department of uh, Agriculture. Billy Saul Estes and LBJ and Bobby Baker were all involved in this. Bobby Baker was uh, LBJ's uh, chief of staff in the Senate. And there's a lot of evidence that Mac Wallace murdered Henry Marshall because Henry Marshall was a USDA, an honest USDA official who had discovered this fraud and was the LBJ offered to promote him and put him in Washington office headquarters of U.S. U.S. Department of Agriculture, but Henry Wallace refused and kept going on it, and he ended up being shot in the back. And the coroner ruled it. Uh, it was shot. He was shot in the back by a bolt-action rifle, and the because uh, the rifle was laying next to him, uh, and the coroner ruled, ruled it a suicide. I believe he was shot twice, uh, <laughs> uh, so that was a suicide, of course. Um, we happen to know Doug Caddy, who was uh, attorney for Billy Saul Estes, uh, and uh, they got an indictment from a grand jury of LBJ in the Kennedy assassination. Uh, but it was he was an unindicted uh, co-conspirator, mm-hmm. yeah, unindicted co-conspirator, because uh, he had died by then. Uh, so I, I shouldn't say he got indicted. He was unindicted, but he was a co unindicted co-conspirator because they couldn't indict him because he was dead by then, Linda Johnson. Um, but you you know the more you look into this, it's it's stinks. Um, uh, there was uh, Madeline Brown, who was LBJ's uh, mistress for many years. Uh, talked about going to a meeting at Clint Murchison's house in Dallas uh, where uh, she said uh, uh, a number of very well-known people attended uh, and uh, she, she wasn't part of the meeting, uh, but she was in the house and when LBJ said, I have to go into this meeting in the other room, you know, you're not invited, uh, and she said J. Edgar Hoover was there, uh, Dick Nixon was there, uh, you know, I don't know, 
this whole list of people. Um, and uh, when they came back, uh, LBJ indicated that uh, the, the meeting was about assassinating John F. Kennedy. This is all what Barr McClellan says and what Madeline Brown said, uh, who was, as I say, LBJ's mistress. Uh, I've, got, uh, I've got a DVD at home of an interview with her where she says that. Uh, she also says that uh, she had a, a good friend uh, th- when LBJ asked to meet her at the Driscoll Hotel in Austin. Uh, Madeline brought her friend, and she said, I was standing in the hallway uh, uh, you know, uh, upstairs where the rooms are. I was standing in the hallway talking to my friend, and uh, LBJ came around the corner, and he saw her and me and turned around and left. And later on, he, uh, Madeline Brown said, uh, he said to me, who is that woman? And she said, oh, that's my friend, you know, so-and-so. And he said, well, say goodbye to her. And Madeline Brown said she never saw her again or heard from her or never knew what happened to her. So that's a little bit of uh, background because it's the 15th. This week was the 59th uh, annual anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Oh. A little t- chilling t- stuff, t- isn't t- it? Today is? Uh, new Tuesday was. Oh, okay. You know, chilling stuff, isn't it? Yeah. stuff. 9.54, Hill Country Patriot time, and we're almost out of here, believe it or not. I know. It's yeah, I know. I believe. I know. It, it is. Are we out of 59.30 today? Mm, yes, we are. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've got so much stuff, but I'm not going to get into all of it. Um, I, I came across a funny the other day. A couple of them. The most powerful governments on Earth can't keep a virus from spreading but they say they can change the planet's temperature if you pay more taxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, those who warn you about rising sea levels are buying beachfront property. Those who warn you about COVID are throwing parties and taking vacations. Those who tell you giving up your guns will make you safe are hiring armed security. Do you get it yet? <laughs> hmm? Do you get it? It's, it's, uh, I ran across a quote from Milton Friedman, which I thought was really timely. Uh, Milton Friedman was a, a Nobel Prize winning economist from the University of Chicago. And then he went on to, after that, he went to the Hoover Institution at Stanford. Uh, wrote many books on free market, free market economy. Uh, great, great man. Brilliant man. He said, quote, a major source of objection to a free economy is precisely that it gives people what they want instead of what a particular group thinks they ought to want. Underlying most arguments against the free market is a lack of belief in freedom itself. A major source of objection to a free economy is precisely that it gives people what they want instead of what a particular group thinks they ought to want. Underlying most arguments against the free market is a lack of belief in freedom itself. It goes a long way to explain things, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. A long way to explain things. I, I, ha- I have in, in, in front of me at, at, at the, uh, here in the studio one of these joke-a-day calendars. Actually, these aren't jokes. They're, they're actually r- real things that are, that are funny. And this is from a sign in Belgium. It says, please do not urinate on the wall. <laughs> and that reminds me. Oh, Belize City. <laughs> It reminds me, yes, exactly. We, we were in Belize, in Belize City, which is the capital of Belize. 
And and we saw that exact same sign handwritten, although it didn't say urinate, it said something. Yeah, the four-letter word for urination. <laughs> and um, But what made it so funny was there was a man doing exactly that. Urinating on the sign, I think, yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's another one. Overpopulation is a myth. In fact, there is so much room on Earth that if any, everyone lived as densely as New York City, the entire world population of 7.8 billion people could fit into the state of Alaska and give them all an acre of land and everyone would fit nicely. Overpopulation is a lie, just like everything else. The lie that we are overpopulated is spread to induce fear and scarcity over the masses and to justify ways to lower the population. It's a statistical fact that 50% of humans live on less than 1% of the land. And if a fraction of lawns were turned into gardens, food scarcity would be non-existent. Hmm. Yeah. Something to think about. Something to think about. It's a... Uh, you know, I was talking about uh, they can't keep a virus from spreading, but they say they can change the Earth's temperature if you pay more taxes. It's it's weird, isn't it, that that the left thinks you can control the weather by using cars powered by coal, the <laughs> electricity, electricity, instead of gasoline. Batteries. Yeah. I mean, a, a Teslas are basically coal-powered cars. Electric <laughs> exactly. vehicles are coal-powered. Exactly. About over 60% of the uh, electricity produced in this country is from coal uh, and other fossil fuels so you really got a coal-powered car when you uh, when you have an electric vehicle so uh, it's kind of weird that people would think that we're out of here bill and allison trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him he will direct your paths <laughs>